Broadway for Friday, February 22nd, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway Star's James Marino. You sounded a little hesitant with the Broadway Star's thing, James. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting out of the web business. <laughs> yeah. Probably probably wise. Everything's turning away from uh, online these days. Ah, uh, yeah. So, if you are listening to this uh, podcast, then congratulations, because... Uh, the same problem that we have with Broadway stars, we had with um, BroadwayRadio.com, and in fact, uh, about fifty other websites that I manage. Uh, so um, the problem is not on your side; it's on our side. Uh, the uh, company that runs our servers did a big security update, and it broke everything. Uh, all of the previous episodes are no longer in the feed. It except for today going forward, and we will figure out a way to get the old episodes back and available to everyone if you want to go back into the archive uh, over the next week or so. Uh, it's a big, huge, disastrous uh, job to uh, get the previous episodes back in compliance with the new security, security protocols, which I guess you need because people suck. So uh, we wouldn't need all these crazy passwords and security protocols if people didn't suck. But anyway, let's get back to Broadway news. Uh, did you have anything else before we got into our first story of the day? I do not. Let's do it. All right. Miss Cleo predicted it. First story of the day. Uh, Frankie and Shmani, Donkey of Foonies, <laughs> Poonie and Toonie, Frankie and Johnny, and the Egg Claire from the bakery confirms the Broadway plans. Yeah, James, it, it looks like I have again spoken a theory into existence. As if folks are hearing this, that means that it is after 10 a.m. and the producers for Frankie and Johnny and the Clear to Loon have officially confirmed their Broadway plans. And of course, by me speaking them into existence, I really mean just reading the incredibly obvious tea leaves. Because as expected, the Terrence McNally written show produced by his husband, Tom Curtihy, will replace Anastasia, a show written by McNally and Aaron's and Flaherty and produced by Curtihy at the Broadhurst Theater this coming May. The two-hander starring Audra McDonald and Michael Shannon will begin performances on May 4th and will open officially on May 30th. The show is currently scheduled for a 16-week run through my father's 60th birthday, August 25th. The real question will be what happens after August 25th or whenever this one extends to James. Um, what's going to what's going to take the house then? I, I would guess a mid-sized musical due to the size of the Broadhurst, um, but perhaps another starry play. Um, the ones in contention for me would be Jagged Little Pill, maybe the company revival. Um, I don't think Diana wants to come in until the spring. Maybe that rumored Titanic revival, um, something like that. So if anybody out there has a theory or insider information, feel free to uh, tweet us at Broadway Radio or at BWW Matt because, uh, you know, I'm I'm obsessed with all the real estate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I know that they have uh, given a hard deadline for uh, Frankie and Johnny to end, but, you know, maybe it'll give it some ability to extend if possible, or maybe move a limited run of Merrily Fiasco's Roundabout Theater Company. Oh, you you liked it that much, huh? You know, Merrily's a tough show. Merrily is a is a tough show. It it inherently has big flaws, but I really enjoyed what I saw last night uh, at the Lorpels. Um, I I thought it was very very good, and uh, 
we talk about um, the reduced Shakespeare company, but this could be the reduced Sondheim company. Um, yeah. I mean, they kind of have that reputation now, don't they? Yeah. Uh, and I really, I, I, I really disagreed with a lot of the negative criticism about this production of Merrily. I thought it was really wonderful. Uh, and uh, there's Merrily. Yeah. Well, I, I would imagine if if this does transfer to Broadway, I would guess it would show up in the American Airlines just because I think Roundabout will sure. want to keep it in-house. Yeah. I understand that, but, uh, you know, the uh, hard to move things around in a subscription theater. Well, they haven't announced their next season, though, is the thing. They haven't announced 2019-2020. Uh, so if they want to throw it in their actual season, that would make it a little easier. You know, this is why we keep you around. You, <laughs> you like, have this 360, 30,000-foot view of right. everything. And I Obsessive. Care, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> Wapner's on at three. All right. Next up, we have... Waitress announces its new pie maker. We like the yes. pie makers. Yes, we like pie in general. Yeah. Uh, James, yeah, despite the fact that there are always crazy amounts of rumors about waitress casting, this one came completely out of nowhere for me. As from March 18th through May 12th, the one and only Shoshana Bean will make her return to Broadway as Jenna in Waitress. This will be the first time that show has been on Broadway since... Being the first replacement Elphaba back in 2005 and 2006. Interestingly enough, before she took over the role uh, of the Wicked Witch from Adina Menzel, she stood by for the part opposite Joey McIntyre as Fiero, who will now be playing her Dr. Pometer at least for a month or so of her run unless he extends. Uh, James, I think listeners know that I have a soft spot in my heart for this show, so I tend to see it with rose-colored glasses. But for a little less than a two-month run in the spring, I think that Shoshana has enough of a reputation for being one of the greatest vocalists on Broadway or anywhere of this generation uh, that I think she'll be able to carry this show into the summer months when hopefully either they find somebody else or kind of ride the tourist wave. But I think um, while I don't know that her name could sell six months, uh, I think Shoshana Bean's got a big enough following inside and outside the theater community to uh, to keep the show going at a fairly decent clip during the spring months. Really? I, I think Shoshana's incredibly talented, and oh, yeah. and I totally agree with where you place her as being a voice of a generation, but... I, you know, she hasn't been on Broadway since Wicked. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, where is her following from? Music. She, the reason she hasn't been on Broadway, and she has done a couple of shows. She did the, the world premiere of The Beaches musical. She did a production of uh, Funny Girl, I think, at, in Boston Sounds area right. somewhere. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure where. She did it, but I don't know where. Um, but she's been doing music, uh, similar to Morgan James, who's another phenomenal voice. Um, and those two did that uh, Jesus Christ Superstar thing. Um, but she's she's been touring and doing music, releasing albums. While she's nowhere near like, you know... Uh, even you know in Adina uh, in terms of public recognition she she has a following and and I think she's remained incredibly beloved in the theater community uh because of some of her recordings of things I will still never ever as much as I love Lindsay Mendez there will never be another recording of bless the lord from gospel other than 
Shoshana's. If you fast forward it to about one minute and nine seconds, I think, into it, she does this weird riff and it's amazing. Uh, there's no one like her. So, uh, again, I don't think she's going to sell out. She's not going to do Sarah Bareilles type numbers. But, you know, I think that they'll chug along in the 600 to $800 or $600 to $800,000 range and uh, along with Joey McIntyre and see who they bring in for Dr. Pometer next. Um, and, and I think they'll be fine. I, you know, it's a show that has kind of like um, beautiful, has a weird cycle and kind of depends on who's there and the time of year. But, but I think they're, I think they'll be, they'll be good with this. I think this will be a good move for them. All right. So uh, I did not, realize her music thing um you know i'm totally unaware if it's not happening in a theater um i'm unaware of it so that's awesome and she i'm really excited uh charlotte has been asking to go to see the wicked often (laughs) over and over uh Uh so i have to get back to the wicked they've got a great little cast in there but it would be great to get back to see waitress again you know Mm -hmm. making it down to the w's All right. What do we have in the show and casting news? All right. We have a lot to talk about here. So let's go from an old school Ozian and Shoshana Bean to some other Wicked alums returning to the Emerald City. As beginning on Tuesday, the national tour will welcome back three familiar faces. As former Broadway and tour standby Alphaba, Marion Torres will take on the role full time. She will be joined uh, in the tour by former Broadway Chicago and Los Angeles Glenda Aaron Mackey and former Broadway and tour Fierro Kurt Hansen. In other casting news yesterday, the upcoming Broadway production of James Graham's play Inc. announced its complete cast. Joining the previously announced Bertie Carvel, Johnny Lee Miller uh, and Johnny Lee Miller will be David Wilson Barnes, Bill Buell, Andrew Durand, Eden Mary Show, Colin McPhillamy, Aaron Newfer, Kevin Pariseau, Raina Roy, Michael Seabury, C- uh, uh, Robert Stanton, and Tara Summers. The show begins performances at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater on April 2nd. And finally, for this section, James, despite not beginning performances for another week and a half, yesterday the public theater extended the world premiere of Suzanne Laurie Parks' new play, White Noise, by an extra week. The show, directed by Oscar Eustace and featuring David Diggs, Thomas Sadowski, Zoe Winters, and Shariah Irving, will now run from March 5th through April 21st. While that initial run was already sold out, and I wouldn't be surprised if the extension is already sold out as well, I am hearing some pretty early rumblings about a future life uptown for this one, if all goes well at the public. Okay, so we have a critic's review of Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish Off-Broadway. Yeah, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, James, because everyone knows that the critics critics loved this at the Jewish Heritage Museum last year. And of course, they loved it again at stage 42. However, I do want to give you some quick review highlights. Uh, David Rini from The Hollywood Reporter said, quote, this production is such a labor of love that it's virtually impossible not to respond to its emotional trenchancy. No revival of Fiddler will ever come close to the original's epic eight year run. But this one demands to be seen. Barbara Schuler, writing for Newsday, said, quote, it is, as Yenta might say, a perfect match. The show travels well and now resonates with a deeper emotional wallop. The actors have settled into the intricacies of performing in a language not their own. There is much beauty in simply listening to the poetic Yiddish, the language that would have been spoken in those days in the Russian village where the play is set. Uh, if you'd like more of these reviews, we will have them along with some highlights from the production in the show notes at broaderradio.com. Hopefully. Hopefully the oh, show notes knock will on work. Way. Yeah, knock exactly. On. If not, at Matt Tamanini. Yeah, I'll send uh, it to you. Uh, BWW Matt. 
Why don't you have Matt Tammany? It's make, I always forget that. <laughs> I, I used to. I used to as a personal one, and it just it, it's still out there. I think, it, but it's private, and I don't use it. All right. Uh, so, what other news do we have? All right, real quick, James. Yesterday, after an initial statement the day before that said little and seemed pretty disconnected from reality, Musicians Union Local 802 released mm-hmm. a statement concerning the controversy over Charlie Rosen orchestrating and playing in the pit of Be More Chill. This one did a much better job of articulating the intricacies of the situation and effectively put the blame at the feet of the show's producers and contractor, the person who hires the musicians, for withholding the hiring documents until the last minute, despite knowing what they wanted their band to look like as far back as October. The statement from 802 goes in depth to explain their expectation or uh, to explain what exceptions are allowed for the orchestrator um, to play in the pit, but makes clear that in their perspective, none of those apply in this case. They also say that they are working with Rosen, Be More Chill, and the Broadway League to come to a conclusion. However, because the Be More Chill producers have reversed their initial decision to pull Rosen from the band and are now letting him perform in the pit, 802 will be filing a grievance per the CBA and a moderator will rule on it eventually. James, I thought the statement did a really good job of explaining their side of the situation and put the whole thing, honestly, in a positive light. They, it was not um, a super accusatory. It was not um, talking bad about their their union members. I, I thought it was a, a really well done. It encouraged the members to channel their concerns about this situation into sharing their opinions ahead of the new collective bargaining agreement negotiations with the league that I think start – yeah, next week, I think around the 27th. So they, they really kind of put a good spin on it, did a good job of of explaining why they were taking such a hard stance. And and I think this was a very effective way for 802 to communicate their position. Uh, did I also read that there was something – Hadestown has something similar going on? Do you know anything about uh, that? I did not hear anything about that, no. I could be totally making that up. Okay. All right. <laughs> if it is, we'll talk about it on Monday if we find it. All right. Continue on. Okay. Uh, next up, Broadway alums Alex Newell and Skylar Aston have joined Jane Levy in the pilot for a new musical dramedy for, uh, for NBC called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist from Austin Winsberg, Paul Feig, Eric and Kim Tannenbaum, Universal Music Group and Lionsgate TV. The show is described tonally as what women want and la la land. It follows Zoe, a whip smart but socially awkward woman in her late 20s who suddenly has the ability to hear the innermost thoughts of people around her as songs and even big musical numbers that they perform just for her. With this new ability at her disposal, she is able to use her gift not only to help herself understand people in her life, but also to help others around her. James, this sounds a lot like the Gone Too Soon Greg Berlanti produced show Eli Stone, which starred, ironically, the aforementioned Johnny Lee Miller, along with Victor Garber, Loretta Devine, Laura Benanti, and more. I love that show. Uh, Anyway, uh, finally, James, perhaps... The most important show, I guess, save the best for last. Um, as Jason Danieli officially launched a Kickstarter yesterday to turn the last concert that he had with his late wife, Marin Maisie, into an album. Apparently, Jason didn't know that the concert that they did together back in May of 2017 had been recorded until, until after Marin passed away. And now he is looking to raise $20,000 to turn those recordings into an album. The campaign will run through March 23rd, um, and they've got some fantastic um, 
rewards for that, uh, and and I've already contributed some money to it. James, would you do me a favor, since I'm having some computer issues here, will you click on that link in the script and see where they're at right now um, uh, in the fundraising? Because when I went to bed last night, it was pushing $14,000 already in less than a day, and uh, that was including some of mine, so... I want to see where they're at this all point. right the fourteen thousand three hundred sixty three dollars as of eight oh six eight a.m on friday that's awesome so uh this is a fantastic uh project i'm sure and it's, it's going to be a special one for a lot of people so if you've got a few bucks to throw the way of that pro- uh, of that album and that production uh highly highly recommend that those are two of the great voices that you'll ever hear singing broadway music and it's uh Still heartbreaking that we'll never hear Marin do another so- song again live, but having this is probably as close as we're going to get to having that uh, experience again. All right. Great way to end the show and the week. Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. I think we're going to have a bunch of stuff in the feed on Saturday, so pay attention for that as well. Yeah, uh, we show. Yeah, we should totally mention that. Let's see what we have here. We have a uh, on Friday afternoon. We have a spotlight episode where Janice Sessa Fox talks to Terry Byrne, the president of the Off Broadway League, about the um, Off Broadway Week. Uh, on Saturday morning, we have uh, Stagecraft with uh, Jan Simpson, where she speaks with Loy Webb. Uh, who the author of The Light at MCC that's playing right now. And on Sunday, we have This Week on Broadway uh, with Peter Felicia and Michael Portantier. We're going to be talking about Merrily. So if you're a Merrily fan, come listen to that one. And uh, back on Monday, Matt and I will be in your ears telling you what happened. That's all contingent upon the website's working. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs>